0: Welcome to the Bot 6 Podcast, my name is Pete, and I go by the name of AFL Ratings, Pete on Twitter. Welcome to a man you know on Twitter as T. welcome to the show, Jepp. Hey Pete, how's things? All good, how did you go leading into last week's uh, round of football, which was the first week of the
1: bye weeks? Uh, not too not too great, well, I was hoping for better. A lot of my primos didn't fire, namely Bailey Smith, Bont, <clears throat> and a couple others, but you can't win them all. I still feel like I'm training well and improving my team, and but I am hanging on by a thread for uh, for a race to the top hundred and and a bit beyond. So, got a lot of work to do. Yeah, for me it was uh, it was actually a pretty quiet uh, week on the
0: news front. So I did utilize that, and I just ran with 19. So I back ended my buy. So hopefully a couple of good weeks upcoming for myself. Already, it's time to target players from six teams this week. Your thoughts there?
1: Oh, absolutely! So it's all about those players coming off the buy and and cashing in as as best as we can. And most of us will have a, a pretty big pot to spend in our banks. Um, I had to uh, move on the fly after Bailey Smith's uh, headbutt on the uh, on the on the Friday night, so I changed my trade strategy during during the round thanks to the rolling lockouts. And but yeah, there's definitely a lot of good primo players to get.
0: Yeah, the six teams we're talking about are Carlton, Port Adelaide, St Kilda, Essendon, Giants, and Richmond. So Carlton, you've got Walsh in there, you've got Cripps in there, Hewitt in there for those that don't, don't own Hewitt. Cherry, Cherry may be a little bit lower down. Port Adelaide, you've got Wines sitting right there, low-owned. Uh, St Kilda, you've got Brad Krauts there possibly. possibly. Uh, Sinclair, the back line, he's doing well across half back. Essendon could be a target this week, as you're looking at Darcy Parrish and Zach Merritt. And Zach, Zach Merritt might get the uh, higher percentage of ownership between those two because of the lower price tag there. And then we go to GWS this week. They had a monster matchup against the Kangaroos. Now, interestingly, the Kangaroos haven't had their bye. They played last week, and they played in Darwin. So it was really taxing. It was, it was an afternoon game uh, in Darwin, which was highly taxing, uh, high humidity, um, really sort of quite draining. So, you know, the Kangaroos have had a pretty tough time of it this year and coming off that taxing game last week and it's, you know, it's the last week before their week off, I've got to imagine this might be sort of some fatigue going into this game with it, you know, looking forward to the week off. So it's potentially, and the Giants are fresh coming off, and obviously Mark McVay and the new coaching staff in there just a little bit, and they're really wanting to attack the remainder of the season, so I've got to imagine these could be some monster scores from GWS if they, if they get going here. And it's under the roof at Marvel Stadium, so. Oh, look, Whitfield, if he's coming back into the team, he could go nuts. And then you've got Kelly in there as well. He could go nuts. And Canelio, so obviously we put up an article in au. is that on the weekend, Mark McVeigh spoke, and he spoke that, you know, he's, they're settling Cornelio back down into the midfield. So for those that don't know Cornelio, he's at a really low price, I would imagine. And based on where he should be playing the next... Oh, well, at least the upcoming period. He's a monster target for those that don't own. And then you got, you know, for those that don't own Jaden Short, you know, you could stick him in there as well for Richmond. So that's the six So your thoughts just on those six teams coming back?
1: Yeah, I mean, I know from previous years that teams coming off the buy normally perform better. Um, the players, you know, Cripps is a good example, being a bigger body, and he looked a bit sore for the last few weeks. Um, yeah, it's just about... Utilising what we have and seeing which players now can have a big second half of the year because with the first half of the year done and dusted, it's not going to be consistent scoring. You know, you're not going to have the same six or eight top averaging mids mm. through through the season. So, what do we identify? Do we think Merritt's going to go big this second half of the year because he's super value if he is? If you don't think so, who is? Um, yeah, Kelly, Josh Kelly, uh, it's low 900 grand, probably pricey, but. He, to me, he's worth the cash in my opinion. So, yeah, this is where it gets really interesting and this is where I start going a few points of differences to um, either gain ahead of rank or, conversely, take the risk and, and drop rank because um, the call was incorrect. Yeah, it's really interesting and
0: it's... Those players and coaches that can really sort of identify opportunities, I reckon, you know, if we get an injury in in one certain team or one certain area of the ground, it's an opportunity to target, you know, the incoming player into that role potentially. Um, And just other areas, you know, and we'll get into a couple more things in a, in a few minutes here, but, yeah, it's just, it's an opportunity. So, you know, what we did see in the first half of the season, it, it may not play out the second half of the season. And don't forget, you know, we've got new new matchups coming in, and, you know, who knows? And teams falling out of the race for the final, so who knows what they could do. So it's not, you know, won't be tired. It's, it's just, like, be, be careful what's around the corner and what's over the bridge there, so... You just identify uh, what are opportunities uh, in your mind and just go with that. So, all right, let's get on to the next point. So name three things to monitor to finish the season.
1: So for me, I always look at role changes. Like you said, there's going to be some shifts in in those teams, not not in the finals race, and and trying stuff for, for next year in development. So always looking for role changes and how does that affect fantasy. Second thing is, um, yeah, teams out of the finals race putting their good players in cotton wool. So, for example, the West Coast Eagles putting Tim Kelly in cotton wool early or, you know, even um, North Melbourne and and looking at a Simpkin that gets put in cotton wool early and, and they look to next year. So, always keep an eye out for that and that always worries me and that always has an effect and bearing on who I actually pick from this point forward to trade into my team. And then the last one is is players playing through injuries, through you know, force, whether they're just outside the finals race and they're trying to help their team make finals, um, all those kind of things. Those players that aren't moving freely, I'm very much not interested in and I avoid. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned injuries on that
0: last point. It sort of just reminds me what, what has come out of the news that sort of like last week or so is Marcus Bontempelli. He's dealt with a few issues there uh, this year, so it's just you know a knee knock here and another knock. It's a shoulder knock, and, and that's his recent issue is a bit of a carrying a bit of an AC joint uh, injury, and that's, you know, that's straight from Luke Beveridge. So, you know, those players that have just had a bit of a rough time of it throughout the year, no through, through no fault of their own, except that you know they're playing if they're playing inside midfield, the potentially is to get they're going to get banged up. So, you know, Bont maybe. Um, Like, we know he can score, but might be one just to avoid because, you know, he might be, you know, 10 to 15 points potentially down. And obviously the Bulldogs midfield's another situation there altogether. But from an injury perspective, you know, just I'm actually not going to target Bontempelli for the remainder of the year. So, you know, it's just keeping up to date on the news based specifically on players that are of high interest in fantasy and, you know, those who are high owned in fantasy. So, you know, if we get... Uh, sort of a similar type injury report on another highly owned player in the next two or three weeks, it might be an opportunity just to, you know, be ahead of the crowd potentially, you know, uh, to, and to shift some money, you know, potentially to, to pay down off, onto someone else and just, you know, use that money elsewhere. And potentially you can get the same average with, the, with uh, paying less for a certain player. Already my three items there are definitely uh, midfield matchups are critical, Jeb, uh for the remainder of the year. And obviously the one we're staring at this week is GWS versus North Melbourne. All right, it is time to target high-ceiling players. So that's where we go into the Stephen Canelio at that lowest price. with Whitfield, if he comes back in, he's got a monster ceiling. And if he's sitting behind that ball, who knows what could happen? Uh, Josh Kelly there as well. Um, So Tim Taranto is now sidelined for at least one more week, potentially a couple more after that as well. So you've got to imagine, you know, that midfield's going to be strong. So Perryman potentially stays inside a little bit more longer. And, um, yeah, if Whitfield can come back into that team, uh, that's a situation that uh, could be quite handy coming off a halfback flank or thereabouts. And um, Jacob Hopper is a couple of weeks away there as well, so it could be a little bit congested there. What is going through that midfield? But you know that matchup this week is just prime time. Uh, the second one, and it's really not really discussed from what I can tell, is that the, the buy period allows for AFL coaches, not fantasy coaches, AFL coaches to reset. So they go in a week by week scenario. And they're just, you know, it's to the next game, deal with injuries, deal with, you know, mop. you might get one or two training sessions in a week. And you don't really have time to reset, you know, some type of plan or certain role changes. You know, the week to 10 days off, or, you know, or the two weeks that, that coaches have over their, you know, bye period gives them an opportunity to sit back and think and reassess and, you know, and just reset the agenda for the remainder of the year. So from what all I can see, and this has happened over a long period of time with the buys, is that coaches come out with dif- different structures and different roles. So you really got to be careful those you know, teams coming off of buys that you know, we might start to see a bit of a different look. And that does come with role changes there as well. Um, and that leads me into the, second, um, the third point there for me. Just because it fits from a fantasy perspective... Uh, certain players, it may not fit from an AFL team perspective. So many mistakes can occur based on incorrect assumption that things won't change at the back end of the year. So we've seen it before, you know, teams coming off a buy and again, I'll just reiterate, coaches have time to think over, you know, a 10-day to a 14-day period to reset the agenda for the remainder of the season, and and that's where role changes could come in. So speculative peaks that have been good for, you know, potentially two or three weeks may not be the case for the two or three weeks leading after the buy. So thoughts on any one of those, Jeff?
1: Yeah, exactly, and we've got to identify these changes if they do occur um, as soon as possible because the Darcy Cameron one is probably a good example in that where hindsight it was pretty obvious that he was going to have a big role for Collingwood, but none of us believed, well, I didn't, definitely didn't believe he'd go this well, and he was absolutely phenomenal on the weekend. I don't even know how those two work together when Brodie Grundy does come back. So identifying those kind of things early, 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 like I mean the week of, is what's going to propel you up, um, and it's propelled up coaches so far this year with those kind of calls already, so yeah, it, it, it's constant moving beasts, isn't it, there's 18 teams so many things are happening every team's at a different level or a different um, phase of the season what injuries do we have It's there's just so many um, deliverables or um, contingents where we've got to add up uh, like, really look back and analyse what we think is going to occur and, and, yeah, push those green buttons
0: early. Yeah, that's right. Obviously, I put up a stack of content on social media and also um, on afrratings.com.au. You know, if that Cornelio won the last couple of days, that, that you know, was in there in the weekend, that sort of gives you a little bit more confidence. And, again, it's a lot, it's an information build. Specifically, coaches don't give us 100% facts all the time. So you really got to look through and analyse, you know, what, are what they're saying is actually lining up with what we are seeing? And what the data gives us as well. So you can put all that together, and you pretty much can make an assumption. So of what could be true and what not, could not be true, because that's you know we'd, we've dealt with Luke Beveridge and you know Clarko before that, where they'll say one thing and then it comes out a different situation on game day. So for me, I'll put up that as much content as possible, and leading into the back end of the year, it's just you know little details do actually count. You know, and, and the one there that. Um, Actually, I'll give you a couple, Jeff, that have really come up to me that I haven't posted anything on social social media or on the website yet. That I was just looking for a little bit more information. Here's two for you and two for the listeners here. Is that coming out of the Adelaide game last week is that Matthew Nix did say that they want to get that structure around their midfield mix a lot better. So, I, you know, Crouch went in there a little bit. Haley dropped down in center bounces last week as well. Barry was still in there a little bit, but he wanted to analyse and fix that up so I've got to imagine Adelaide coming off the buy it's going to be might be a bit of a different look so and the, and the one player that they said that potentially could go in there and there was a specific question asked for Saligo would he see some inside midfield usage and, you know and and Nick sort of agreed to that he might go in, in there and see a little bit of inside midfield usage so you know with Adelaide you've got to imagine that you know there's going to be some type of uh, change up coming out of the buy and they're right in that time zone right now where they've got the week off Um you know, Matthew Nix has got some thoughts in his mind. Now he's got time to think, and I've got to imagine that midfield mix is going to change up. Uh, Led still good for me, but I, I, like I bits, I got the slows a little bit on Ben Keys, and you know, Crouch might be the one that that goes off, and he was actually uh, good last week as well. So. You know, his price tag's actually okay, so you know, it doesn't mean to say that you're gonna pay up high, you're gonna get that high return, you know. Crouch might actually be at okay at the end of towards the end of the year. So just have keep an eye on that. The Adelaide midfield mix is going to change up and that's based on what Matthew Nix is telling me. The other one that really came out to me and it really sort of put a big red flag out there for me, and I've said i said the last couple of weeks that Team English could um be one of the highest score, if not one of the, you know, a really high-scored um, player to finish off the season, is that coming out of that game uh, on Friday night against Geelong, Luke Beveridge is saying that they want to have a look at that rush structure and see how that figures out. They want to put some more, you know, work and, you know, support team English. So what does that look like? Does that mean, look, I've got to imagine Buku comes going, going out of that team, and I've got to imagine, you know, you know, um, I guess we're going to get some players coming back in that team with regards to you know a better injury list, but I've got a, suspe- a bit of a suspicion here that they might change up, go potentially go back to a dual ruck setup, but they want support for specifically team English. So what does that look like? He's been outstanding this year, and I think as so long as he get majority of time spent in that ruck, I still think he can score well. But again it's just this fine detail is that, you know, Luke Beveridge gives this one little comment and then bang, that could turn into, you know, and they're right that week off right at the moment as well. And I've got to imagine, we, we've known Luke Beveridge, Jep, for, for a long time, who's, you know, from a fantasy uh, perspective, is that he changes things up. So I've got to imagine that ruck structure is going to change up post-buy and we might get a bit of a different look. The other thing with the Bulldogs there, Jep, is that you know the bulldogs are going to struggle to make this they got a tough draw to finish the the season too. they're going to struggle to make the finals uh, based on other teams' draws and favourable draws. So, you know, if the Bulldogs start to slide out of contention for finals, what, what is that going to do to certain roles? Um, I think McRae's really solid in that midfield, but, you know, you might see Chalor play a lot more on the outside, or you might see, you know, Bont rest here and there, based on, you know, if they're out of the finals race at the back end of the year. And you did mention that a few minutes ago, is that you look for, you know, if teams coming out of finals, they might rest their stars with a couple of weeks to go. So... Yeah, a couple there to keep an eye on is that midfield situation from Adelaide and the Bulldogs-Ruck situation. I still think English is a good pick, but yeah, really monitor what they do the first week coming off the ball. Thoughts on those two, Jep?
1: Yeah, the Adelaide thing's interesting, and I um, it's probably a good example of a team that still is, you know, they know where they're at and, and they're prepared to try things. So, mm. yeah, uh, the team, well, Bevo does all sorts of, Weird and fun stuff for us. Um, whether Timmy, I still think no matter what happens, Tim English is a top six forward. Mm. It's just timing of bringing him in, and, and when, and he's a probably a good example of one that needs to be moving freely to, to perform well and score well. So, yeah, good two points to, to monitor. Alrighty. Let's get on to the
0: next one, Jip. So we are talking AFL Fantasy Season-Long Classic Mode. This discussion is pre-round 13. This podcast is being recorded on Tuesday night, June 7. So, And of course, the news is being crushed out for you on the AFL Ratings Network. The content is free. Likes and retweets are always appreciated. Again, make necessary adjustments as news comes to hand. Round 12, top 25 ownership, Jep. So 20% or higher... Uh, previously, what I've done with the ownership is it on-field only, but now we're getting to the situation where uh, some of these higher-priced players are sitting on benches. Obviously, they didn't play last week. So what I've gone through is the top 25 coaches. I've done an entire squad, so I've looked at the bench. So pretty much the highest-priced players that I'm going to mention here in the ownership. So it gives you a bit of a bit of a true indication of where teams are at in that top 25. Um, so with the Rucks, I'm going to go through pretty much everyone that is owned there as well. So, all right, Jeff, let's get into it. Rucks, Max Gorn, 96%, Jared Witts, 36%, Sam Hayes uh, still being relied on a little bit there as well. He's at 16%, Riley O'Brien, 16%, Braden Pruce, uh still held by a couple there. So uh, three coaches there, 12%, and Sean Darcy, who struggled a little bit last week um, at 8%. Thoughts on any one of those?
1: Yeah, good spread. I'm actually surprised with the spread. I, um, but you know, the the yeah the Proust thing, they'll be sweating on his return this week, and that's no guarantee.
0: Yeah, I've got him this week, and I've got no idea so um, whether he's going to play or not. I will presume he's going to play. If not, um, I might be making a move off that. But I've, I think I've got enough to cover that off anyway for this week. But yeah, uh, my expectation is that he'll play and be available. But yeah. Let's see how that plays out. But, yeah, certainly an interesting one for, you know, three coaches sitting in the top 25. What happens there? Uh, I think if he does come in, I think he should be scoring okay. Already defenders. Yep, so James Sisley, 100. Jaden Short, 92. 84% for Jack Crisp. Uh, George Hewitt, 72%. Nick Dacos, 68%. He was great last week. Dane Zorko, it looked like to me that he was going off. He wasn't coming back on. He He sliced his finger. He's at 64%. So that's a really highly owned player there. Um, And it was somewhere around 20s at at halftime or 25 points there at halftime. And he comes out and he actually plays forward quite a bit in the second half. And he was actually really good and posted a reasonable score. So again, 64% for him. Jordan Dawson's 48%. You know, does, is that something from Adelaide? They're going to change up and put him in a position to, you know, potentially move him up into the inside midfield. I would keep an eye out for that. Might they might want to have a look at that towards the end of the year for um, for Dawson. So uh, they talked about that over pre-season. They want to get him inside midfield, and that hasn't happened yet. So just keep a big watch out for Jordan Dawson's role. So 48% own. So, you know, half the top coaches in the top 25 do not own. So if I was um, those coaches that do not own, uh, the first game I'm watching post-buy for Adelaide is where Jordan Dawson is and that midfield mix. Definitely. Uh, Sam Doherty, really low ownership here. Obviously, commanding that centre uh, halfback or a halfback role for Carlton, 24%. And Jack Sinclair, just running a mark across halfback for St Kilda. He's at 20%. Thoughts on any one of those, Chip?
1: Yeah, those lowly-owned last two are the ones I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Dawson point, again, we uh, we say it. Is Dawson though one of those players that has a huge second half to the year? And, um, you know, propels him into a top three defender for the season. Onto the mids there, Jeff.
0: So Lockie near 100%. Jack McRae near only 2%. Took Miller, uh, he's going to be up where near 100% in a, in a couple of weeks, I would imagine. So he's 76% right now. Callum Mills, 76%. Clayton Oliver, 68%. Andrew Brayshaw, 64%. Greg Clark still, still relied upon. And he's got the week off this week. So I wonder what you know, if coaches in the top 25 can you know, use his salary and just pay up for an extra premium midfielder this week. But, you know, you're going you're to have to find at least 400K, so interesting to see what happens there. So 52%. Patrick Cripps, 44%. So he was highly owned by a lot of top-ranked coaches early in the year, Jeff obviously he was just going off and going nuts with his scores. But, yeah, just 44% as we sit at the halfway mark of the season. Christian Petrarca, 32%. And Josh Culley, 32%. That's really low-owned i got to imagine if you can afford, you know, there's coaches in the top 25 and the highly ranked coaches. If you can afford, it's pretty much a, a it's, it's, it's a high target for me this week. You know, it may not pay off, but you know, he's a high target. Thirty two percent only there. And Tom Mitchell, obviously, you know, center bounces are down, but his scoring output's actually been quite solid. So, you know, it's just one of those things where we pretty much may have to get used to this, you know, as a as a standard going forward, is that some center bounces drop off, but the scores still remain there. So there again, you know, Sam Mitchell Hawthorne coach has talked about this, is that you know, he might not get the quantity of centre bounces in midfield time, but when he's getting in he's getting quality, so you know, from a fantasy perspective that might turn out to be the same sort of type of scoring average, and we did see with Jack Crisp on the weekend, and his centre bounces were down but his scoring output was still the same, so thoughts on any one of those, and just Tom Mitchell was 28% foot in, so that, Jeff, yep, thoughts?
1: Yeah, so, okay so Titch is, is the lowest, and he's obviously the new flavour on the on the agenda um, but look, a good spread of, of movement, again, I reiterate who's the player all players that are going to really propel and go large in this second half of the year.
0: On to the forwards there, Jeff. So, Josh Dunkley 100%, Real Brody 100%, Darcy Cameron 92%, Stephen Canilio 92%, Zach Butters 72%, Luke Parker 44%, Mitch Duncan 24%, Adam Trelaw 20%, Marcus Bontempelli 24%, Jed Anderson 20%. So, let me just hit back here on Darcy Cameron. So, you know, he discussed his role uh, early in the week and he said pretty much, you know, it's a split 50-50 role with uh, Mason Cox early in the game and then based on the performance of either or the matchup and how the game is progressing and how each is doing in their particular role, that's where they're going to play So there's no real set formula with uh, Darcy Cameron playing forward or Ruck or majority forward, majority Ruck. Um, it's just how the game plays out. Now, looking ahead to Monday, uh, and for those of them, obviously most people own Max Scorn there as well, um, this actually could be a prime-time matchup for both players. Because Stephen May has been suspended for a uh, club suspension for a week, uh, coming off a concussion as well, so, you know, and Tom McDonald's sort of out as well, so he's long-term injured, so... You gotta imagine in Simon Goodwin's thoughts that you know Max Gawn could start to sit behind the ball a little bit just to provide that defensive support uh, while they sort of figure out what's happening in defence from Melbourne's point of view. But Max Gawn sitting um, behind the ball is actually fantastic. So if he can sit there and just you know pretty much sitting potentially sit inside Collingwood D50 and just take intercept marks all day. That's great. And if he goes forward, we know he can hit that scoreboard as well. And Collingwood do have a lack of key defenders there as well. So it's a really good matchup for Max Gorn this week. I would imagine that, you know, I'd be rolling potentially rolling with him in a a last resort captain option. So I'd take a risk on a vice captain earlier this week, and I'd be sitting on, you know... Potentially 120 minimum. If not, I'm going to Gorn against Collingwood. Now, from Darcy Cameron's perspective, you know, if Gorn's going to sit behind the ball, you know, they're potentially, you know, Cameron could be sitting in the other end of that. They could be just playing kick to kick to each other. So, if Darcy Cameron sitting, you know, and obviously he's a great mark and he's been taking a heap of marks, But if they're taking intercept marks between each other, that's going to be fantastic. Both players could actually hit prime time scores on Monday. So, thoughts on any one of those, Chip?
1: Um, yeah, look, the Darcy Cameron peak, like I mentioned before, has been super, um, and, and one of those moves I'm looking to make for the second half of the year. Um, the one that surprised me was Jen Anderson at 20%, so that's quite a few that jumped on on the cheap discounted premier with the hope that he was going to uh, dominate, which didn't really transpire in this first first match of bringing him in. Alrighty, jet so let's get on to the next one.
0: So who are your top three targets for round 13, assuming you don't own any?
1: Uh, for me, the first one's Josh Kelly speaks for itself with the matchup and being fresh off the bye. I think he's in for a, a big month and more uh, Darcy parish for me, I feel like the majority of the fantasy community is going to cash in with Zach Merritt, but i am going this is where I go a bit different and and pay up a little for for Darcy parish, who I think's worth it um, and the last one's Sam Walsh, I think he is um Obviously a great player in himself, but um, Carlton would have got big things to happen this this season, and he wants to be a part of that. He's not going to die wondering, you know what you're going to get from him each week. And from a family's perspective, I don't think he's even hit his straps yet, which is kind of scary. I guarantee, listeners, Jepper and I do
0: not talk about these three picks before the podcast starts. So here are my three, Jeb. Lock- Lockie Whitfield, Josh Kelly, Sam Walsh. So... Pretty much two, two of the three there, so Kelly and Walsh double up between you and I. We don't talk pre pod about our top three players that we potentially could target, and you know we've come up with two of the same. So thoughts there. Great lines, hey. Mm. Well, Kelly's obviously the matchup looks yeah. prime time this weekend, and Walsh, you know, not much ownership there as well, and we we know he can get going there in that midfield, and, and you know he's been playing that you know starting in that forward line and flipping in with Crips there as well. So uh, back end of the year again like you mentioned there as well, is it what happened in the first half of the year doesn't necessarily have to happen in the second half of the year. We know he got it going last year he was a prime-time scorer. Midfield mix has changed up a little bit from Carlton's perspective this year, but they're a strong midfield. So um, I've got to imagine they're going to put up some strong numbers coming off their by Jet.
1: Oh, sure. And Cripps um, is going to get more of the attention, isn't he? So it allows Walsh, in the most part, to run through. Yeah, and Lockheed
0: Whitfield's just sitting there, so, you know, hopefully he's healthy enough to come back into that team and we know he's ceiling he's ceiling his monster. Already Uh, Let's get into notable low break even. So Jacob Ware, minus nine. Mitch Owens, minus eight. So it'd be interesting if Whitfield comes back in, what happens to Ware there this week and whether his position is uh, solid or not. But Mitch Owens, for those that do not own, I would expect that he's going to be playing this week because he was great before the bye. But, you know, potentially, you know, a week off does give coaches to rethink and that also puts um, other players in a position to be available if they were dealing with injuries. So the Saints do have other players that potentially come back into that midfield. Field, but yeah, I thought Mitch Owens was pretty much too good to lose his uh, spot, so I think expect him to be back into that 10 this week, but yeah, minus eight, and just a you know, four other players there that they this week, but they've got the week off. So Jake Tully at four, Patrick Parnell, who was actually really good, got a corky late in the game there as well, at four, uh, Joel Jeffrey as well, again, it was okay, but his scores aren't going to be great, he's at four, and Brady Hoff. Uh, you've got to imagine that um, he's going to get a lot of opportunities back half of the season in that West Coast team. He's at 13, but those four players I just mentioned there do have the week off. Thoughts on any one of those, Chip?
1: Uh, yeah, hopefully Ware is one that can maybe still fit in the team. Like I, I'm not going to hold my breath, but it is possible. So it was one to wait on, 256 grand still you know, cheap enough to jump on this week. And the other one is just got mentioned tonight by Carlton, they've announced
0: that uh, Caleb Marchbank comes back. So he's got a break-even at 39, so it doesn't really fit in this conversation, but it does fit in with regards to paying down off. You know, you want to extract some salary off a, a player that's been sitting in your, in your team making some coins. So, you know, he's in, in there just under 300k, but yeah, a break-even of 39, you know, potentially you don't have to rely on his score, but, you know, it's pretty much trying to extract some cash. So just thoughts on there, Marchbank coming back into that team,
1: yeah, with such a long layoff, let's just get that look at, at him first before jumping on. I, I think he's 294 from memory. Um, yeah, bit bit to play out before trading in. Um, and, yeah, probably for me, it's in the last week of the buy rounds anyway, just to limit the risk knowing he's going to play in round 14. Um, heaven forbid something happens to the, the fella again. Already, we go into notable
0: players potentially dropping in salary on the radar to target soon with a 130-plus break-even. So Aaron Hall, so he's luckily available for the Kangaroos this week. He's got a break-even on 158. The Kangaroos have been conceding an enormous amount of inside 50s yet. They've conceded 81 last week. I think uh, since inside 50s have been recorded, I think that's the third highest ever. So I did sort of hear that one floating about there on the weekend. Um, 81 they conceded, or they're about to um, Gold Coast, you know. And if if they're conceding, you know, 70 70 plus in fo- inside 50s again to opposition teams to finish out the year, and Aaron Hall stays healthy, I've got to imagine he's going to post some enormous scores and high average. I'm talking 120 plus average, but you know, 158 break even. So you've got to imagine. Like he can actually hit that, but you've got to imagine he's going to drop a little bit in salary. But if he starts cranking out some big scores early, he's not going to drop that much in salary. So can you afford it? You know, can you get in there first before everyone else? So that's that's the deal. And if he's coming up this week, and you know the Giants are looking to play good footy, so but you know the Kangaroos last week before the buy, do you wait this week and see how he is if he plays? So yeah, just a little bit to think about there as well. But yeah, post buy Jeb definitely Aaron Hall on the radar. One fifty eight break even. Uh, Christian Petrarca, 144. Bally Smith, yeah, a few weeks off now, 141. So wait for him back into the year now. Uh, Patrick Cripps there, 133. And Tom Stewart there. Uh, Concussion protocol now. So lucky Cats have got the week off. So uh, I would expect that he would be available and pretty much not miss any games straight after the Geelong bye this week. So thoughts on any one of those? In particular, Aaron Hall.
1: Yeah, Aaron Hall and and Tom Stewart are definitely going to be too high for a top six defender status for the second half of the season. Petrarca, I'm wary of. I feel like, although Melbourne are up and about, usually um, they're going to nurse and peak at the right time, which is, you know, two rounds before the finals. So... Just keep wary of that because he's one that gets put in cotton wool and could have a week off unexpectedly, as I mentioned
0: previously. Yeah, and Aaron Hall, 818k jet. So he's in that price range where a lot of people could afford, potentially even this week. But you could imagine, you know, if his score is, you know, 110 or whatever, he's going to be in that uh, high 700s there uh, after his buy, and he would be a monster target. So. You know, if, if your numbers are actually good, the back end of the buy period, you might, might want to look at that this week. But yeah, he's not there next week, that's for sure. Alrighty, uh, on to notable strong scoring output with a 115-plus average last three rounds. So I'll just run through a group of players here, Jeff. So Jock Kelly, 126, Clayton Oliver, 120, Jack Sinclair, 118, Darcy Parrish, 117, Callum Mills, 115, Tom Mitchell, 115, and Lockie Neal, 115. Thoughts on any one of those?
1: Uh, yeah, look, I agree with you with the Lockie Neal, but... Um in, in terms of how he's going to perform and, and keep going, I I don't see. It was a bit frustrating against Frio Again, when, when Frio sort of took charge, I thought he would step up and he didn't. Um, but, yeah, he, he's Tom Mitchell, I, I think, is going to have a big second half of the season. I can see that happening. That wet weather game really suited him. Um, and then Darcy Parrish, the, that ceiling, I actually saw that, if the Bombers play West Coast, I think, off the stadium in a couple of weeks. Um, and I think the last time he scored, about 140-odd fantasy points. So, yeah, that's um, he's on my radar as well.
0: Yeah, for Lockie Neal, he's got obviously got a really... Well, Brisbane have pretty much got a, a tough run of games here. So, obviously, Fremantle on the weekend. they got St Kilda this week. It's not going to be easy for Lockie Neal again this week. And then after their bye... Uh, I believe they have Melbourne there straight after the bye. So, you know, they're in a pretty of a tough stretch. And, yeah, you know, Neil, Neil's been actually fantastic this year as well. So um, if he can score, you know, 105 to 110 during that range, I think I'd be pretty happy with that. All right, Jep, okay, on to a few plays for the listeners. Time to play Like or Dislike. We're going to do a 28-pack to finish off the podcast. So Josh Kelly, definitely like for me.
1: Yeah, it's, there's not much to dislike, is there? So uh, a big get for everyone, I think. Sam Walsh, like for me. Yeah, love. Uh, Zach Merritt, I think he
0: might be targeted based on his salary this week, So, but still it's a like for me.
1: Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, although I, I sort of was disheartened by him earlier, I, I, he's still valued and he's still going to score well. It's just where, whether you go different. So yeah, like as well. Uh, Ollie Wines, like for me. Yeah, still a like for me too. I think he could be one that, freshens up from the week off and, and really set himself for a big second half year. Uh, Christian
0: Salem, it's going to be a dislike for me. It's mainly because, uh, well, two things here. So Melbourne have their buy next week. So you don't want him for that pretty much for that one week and then a buy because you need the numbers for next week. There as well, but you know Simon Goodwin does come out and, is go- and says uh, pretty much post game that he's going to take a few weeks to get on track. So you know that potentially is not going to be a high selling, consistent type player to start off his recovery from long term injury. Yep, so dislike for me.
1: Yeah, it's a dislike for me as well, buddy. I um I just don't see him contending for for the big de- primo defenders. Darcy Parish, big like for me. Yeah,
0: massive light as well. Uh, Jack Sinclair, just running a mark, and if he's got some games at Marvel Stadium, he's just going to rack up the numbers there. He just roams around that half-back flank through the midfield there, and he just... Nobody really pays any attention to him. So, no, um, I was just about to say that. Yeah, he, he just runs around. You got to like For those that own him or don't own him, when you're watching a St. Kilda game at Marvel Stadium, you don't look at where the, the general player is. Just watch where Jack Sinclair, and what he runs to and where he gets the ball, it's, just, it's amazing. So... He's low, well, virtually low-owned in that you know, top-ranked team, so if you're looking for a bit of a unique there, and he's up there in salary a little bit now, it would be Jack Sinclair for me, so I do like the pick.
1: Yeah, I like the pick as well. It seems like he uh, never has an opponent,
0: that's what well, I was going to say. Yeah, exactly. All right, Tim Taranto. So the one I'm going to put in here is, um, not, obviously he's not available this week, and potentially you know, it's a couple of weeks there after as well. Uh, he could be available next week. So... But the issue is the injury that he's dealing with. He's dealing with a back injury. And, you know, for those who have suffered bad backs, it's just like, you know, it could be lingering around for, you know, what we're talking about is two months. So a back injury, generally sometimes it doesn't get fully recovered. And if he has to push through the remaining uh, games of the season, it could be a bit of an issue there for him to get through games. So they're not going to play him until he's actually right. So, but yeah, but back injuries. are just, it's almost like a groin in fantasy. As soon as you hear the word groin, get the hell out of there. And back injuries are the same. Get the hell out of there. So, Toronto, I'm going to pretty much going to say dislike pretty much, you know, due to a back injury for the remainder of the year. You know, he might start scoring okay there, but you know, back injury, I'm out, Jeff.
1: Yeah, I'm out too, mate. Dislike. Don't need that sort of stuff in your fantasy team. You want players moving freely and and doing their thing. And Brad Crouch, uh, he had previously
0: had OP. I listened to an interview he did last week. Um, and it was horrific what he had to deal with coming off OP. So, again, groin issues. And, you know, after listening to that interview, it just reinforces what I'm thinking about groin issues. As soon as you hear groin, out of there. Don't even consider, not even in anything. Alrighty, so But Brad Crouch, from his point of view, so... Yeah, Jack Steele's on the radar in a few weeks' time, that's fair enough. But I think there are just better options than Brad Crouch, like higher ceiling type, more consistent type players. I think Crouch is okay, uh, but I would pretty much want to pay off uh, into a premium like Took Miller type scenario. So um, I'm going to say I like Brad Crouch, but I'm going to say dislike on Brad Crouch because I think there are better options.
1: Yeah, I agree with everything you said there, mate. So for 50 grand or 60 grand, less you get Zach Merritt. So which would you, I'd still prefer Zach Merritt than um, Brad Crouch. George Hewitt, big like for me. Yeah, I as well.
0: Uh, Braden Proust. So a couple of things here. Like I expect him to play. I hope he Hopefully he plays. If not, I'm pretty much... If he's not named this week, I'm firing off you know, my most common emoji or gif on Twitter there this week. So yeah. I'll be interested. Like, I'll, I'll laugh if he's not named. But anyway, that's fine. Um, but the, I like it even more because most most highly ranked coaches have, have got out of there. So I think he can still score well. And I, I wouldn't you know if he's back in this week and plays the remainder of the season. I might be to hold him for the remainder of the season, Jeff. So for me, I still like, and again, hopefully he's picked this week.
1: Yeah, I, I think yeah, we underestimate what he's going to do. Um, he's still a really dumb player when he's up and going. So I still like him. Isaac Heaney, uh,
0: this is now a big issue. He's gone this week off. For me, it's, it's a trade-out scenario. Pretty much the must this week. I think he just need to get out of there, Jep. So dislike for Heaney. Got to get out of there.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm actually looking to hold him as bench cover, weirdly, because um, and, and, he's got the DPP status as well. So not a bad sort of player that can have a high ceiling to keep. So that's one for those thinking outside the box. But generally, if you have to part ways, then, yeah, it's a dislike. Sean Darcy, he struggled last week,
0: but he's got his buy upcoming next week, so definitely not a target for me this week, but you know, potentially we need him to play next week, and he won't be there, so might be an option after the buy, uh, but let's just see how he goes, he's got a really good matchup, I would presume, this week against um, Ned Rees from Hawthorne, and, you know, a bit of a wet game there as well, but the issue is that Meek came back into that team, so... You know, I still think he can get there, and Fremantle finish off the year well, which they've done. I mean, have had a great first half of the season. You know, Darcy could be up there, and we know he can score. But from this week, this point of view, that he's not available next week due to the buy, It's a dislike.
1: Yes, yeah, I'm dis- uh, sorry. It is a like, but not this week. You you, you wait till after his buy. Uh, next one is Tom Stewart. So cats on a buy. It's not a target for this week,
0: obviously. But, yeah, if you want to, you know, we said last year, Jeff, that, you know, he just couldn't, he looked like he was going to explode for ceiling games, and he just couldn't get there. He, he gets to, like, 110 and a stop. But this year, he's gone. He's, he's just ripped off a couple of monster scores. So, you know, we're looking for differential uh, to finish off the year, and it's a differential between those players that, you know, can average 100 and those players can average, you know, 115, and 120. They can post 150s and 160s. And Tom Stewart has obviously he's done it a couple of times this year. Um, you, you're pretty much going to have to set aside some coin to target him straight after the buy. Uh, but, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's not a like for this week, but, yeah, it's, it's a big like for, for next week, Jet.
1: Yeah, I agree, like
0: as well. Uh, Jay Gresham, I just think there are better options in that forward line, so dislike for me.
1: Yeah, dislike as well. They're, um, uh, the thing with Gresham, although he can turn up, he doesn't have a high ceiling
0: onto Sam Durden. So, obviously, march back into that team and I've got to mention that, you know, Sam Durden could be a while. So, I know a few people did pay down last week expecting him to come straight back into that or into that current team but after he got uh, drafted in the mid-season draft, selected in the mid-season draft. So, uh, for me to dislock until further notice on Sam Durden.
1: Yeah, I was one of those coaches that brought him in because I already had Owens. So, that fell really badly, um, and I've got a bit of work to do now, which sucks, but um, it's not the end of the world because I'm pretty well-placed for these last two dies. Um But yeah, it's the Marchback one, I thought he was a couple of weeks away, and they would nurse him through, but obviously not. They think he's ready, and yeah, that's uh, not ideal, so we weigh on Sam Durden. Okay, on to Lockheed feel big lie for me. Yeah, like as well, I think, again, as long as he's moving freely and I don't mind waiting a week to see how he moves and then I'll jump on. Patrick Cripps,
0: so um, I'd still like, but yeah, definitely a watch and see how he comes out. And and what I'm looking for out of Cripps this week, how fresh is he? Does he come off, you know, is he back to what he was like early in the season? And if that's the case, it's a monster like because he could just go nuts for the finish off the season. But if he's struggling to get there, uh, you know, you might want to consider going somewhere else. So, uh, I like at the moment, but definitely, again, as I've said the last couple of weeks on the podcast, wait and see what he comes like out of the buy, and that's this week. Chip
1: Crips is a like for me as well. I think he's one that would benefit greatly from the week off. But yeah, we're gonna like Whitfield. We we're gonna see a lot in that first week to see how he's moving. Carl
0: Lamont, I just think there are better options there. Uh, a little bit of inconsistency, not too much, but you know we want high ceiling, high consistent top players, and Lamont's just not that for me right now. Uh, so dislike.
1: Dislike, and if he's not at Port Adelaide next year, with that speculation, why would he play games in the latter part of the year? So just be wary there.
0: Zach Jones, so just better options for me. I, I pretty much would set about uh, finding other options. Obviously the salary there is a bit of a bit appealing, but yeah. It's time to target. You know, if it means you just got to wait another week on a particular player to get up there, I would potentially do that uh, because you will benefit at the back half of the year. So, dislike on Zach Jones. Yeah, dislike for me as well, mate. So... Jack Bowes. So obviously, Lockie Will unfortunately does his ACL on the weekend. Is having a terrific year. So the replacement for what happens at Gold Coast in the half back line is quite interesting. I had a bit of a think about that the last couple of days. And you know, one of the listeners is, is actually a good tweet um, that, that posted Bowes' name. So. Uh, that is an option um, to come into the Gold Coast team and could be a, just a straight uh, swap for swap. We have seen David Swallow move back to a half-back flank and be that type player as well, but I'm not too sure whether um, Stuart Jew is going to mess around with that midfield mix because they're just flying at the moment, Gold Coast. So I think you know that, that centre-bounce rotation for Gold Coast has been really tight and really effective and they've been super on centre clearances I don't think Stuart Jew would mess with that, but you know, it wouldn't it? Wouldn't be ultra surprising if he did put Swallow down back, and if that's the case, you know, Freddie Rennie could come back into that midfield and, and straight in there as well. And we know he has a big ceiling. So, and there are a couple of other players like Sharp didn't play on the weekend there as well. He was your, he was your medical sub, so he could come in there. Ellis could go to half back, or you know, there there are quite a few options there to go uh, to the halfback flank or half back line for Gold Coast. But, you know, Gold Coast aren't really a high-disposable type team as well, so you know, they're not like Carlton where they could just hang on to a ball for a couple of plus for Sam Doherty. They just get it and run and gun. So uh, I'd potentially try and avoid the Gold Coast situation, but, yeah, it's an interesting discussion point at least as well. So uh, for me, Bo's obviously buy at the moment, so just no consideration. But, uh, yeah, just an interesting discussion point there, Jip.
1: Yeah, Bose is a dislike for me. If I was a betting man, I would think uh, Braden Ellis goes a half-back and they bring in Jeremy Sharp on the other wing. Um, But that's, you know, outside looking in with not much knowledge of... What goes inside the four walls and the thinking of Stuart Drew and his team? Yeah, Atkins there in the mix as well.
0: So they've actually got a quite, quite a deep list at the moment. The injury list isn't that bad. So, you know, it might take a, a couple of weeks to mix and match to find out what the true situation is at Gold Coast. But anyway, they are flying. Uh, they're a big chance to play finals as well. So, alrighty, let's get on to the next one. Sam Doherty,
1: big like for me. Yeah, love it. I think he's, you know, again, part of Carlton's uh, important cog in getting them into the finals and who knows, maybe even top four. Okay, James Petling. So Celery here is still okay. Uh, obviously going to make some coins
0: there, there there as well. The matchup this week is actually prime time. Um, so, you know, if you're really struggling for where to go and where to land on, Peatling's pretty much in a decent matchup and could hit, you know, pay dirt again this week and make some uh, decent coins. So, um, but from a long-term hold at this light. But, yeah, interesting watch on what
1: he does this week against the Kangaroos. Yep. Yeah, look, I like it for the short term. You know, it's not ideal paying so much money over 400 grand for him. But, you know, if your team, if it suits an easier team with the three trades, then by all means, don't don't hesitate. Exactly what you said, North Melbourne could go big, um, but he can pop a 40, so just be careful. Yeah, and the other one in that scenario there is Toby Green.
0: So he could go nuts against the Kangaroos as well this week. If he gets out of control, look out. And we know he can score, but you know potentially he's at a short-term situation only. So from that point of view, I don't want to hold him for the long-term and put him on fear field for the long-term. Dislike for me.
1: Yeah, dislike as well.
0: Dry Newcomb, so Hawks by next week. So at, from that point of view, he's been great this year, Newcomb. I, I remember looking back in pre-season, he was one of the ones that I wanted to target this year, and he was like low 400s, and it was that Caldwell, Rail, and, and Newcomb situation. I, I wish I had started with Newcomb, Busy he's been a pretty much a, a great peak. But, you know, by next week, so it's a dislike for me in that perspective, Yep.
1: Yeah, dislike as well. It's past the point now. Yeah, Harry
0: Perryman. So you've got to imagine if Taranto's not coming back into that 10, that Perryman's going to see some centre-bounce action again this week. So if that's the case, he can score. So uh, I've got to imagine he's, he could post a really good score this week, you know. And if Taranto's going to be on the outside looking in for at least a couple of weeks, you know, the Perryman's pretty much going to be in that mid- midfield. So you know, based on his salary and where your, where your team's at, and if you're looking to target another Giants player, he is an option, but, yeah, it could be short-term. Who knows where Taranto's going to go when he comes back into that team and where Perryman sits in. But, yeah, as far as a couple of games inside midfield, Perryman's been actually outstanding. So, you know, he might be there long, longer term in that midfield, but at this stage we just still don't know. Uh, so from the short-term perspective, uh, I do like Perryman, but, it's just a pretty much still a wait and see where that midfield sort of settles there uh, for the Giants there. So, um, what are your thoughts there, Jeff?
1: Yeah, it's just like I just don't see the point of mucking around with a guy like Perryman. Um, the role's never going to be secure from week to week, so yeah, it's it's a high risk. Yeah, and speaking of risk, Harry Hillenberg,
0: So obviously he can put up. A, he's gone to full back there and taking some kick-ins. So, you know. He could be there. Phil Davis is not too far away as well, but I've got to mention it's more looking to the future. You know, Davis, whether he comes back into the team, not too sure, or whether you know, Mark McVeigh has been really bullish on Himmelberg, and he said again on the weekend, and I didn't post this information out on AFL ratings network, but you know, he he sort of he, he was bullish on you know Himmelberg staying in that in that role. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, and yeah, he he likes him at. You know, that full back zone. So if that's the case, he can score. But I and mean, these price tags actually quite appealing, Jeff. So you know, if those are looking to you know take a bit of a punt, and that's pretty much what it is, uh, because you're not guaranteed anything here. Is that you know you might want to look at that. And you know, Giants play there as well. And yeah, it's it's a it's a punt pick. I don't mind. I'm sitting on the fence of so I, I do like it. But yeah. Yeah, you know, if you want to go down, to, you know, throw a couple of risky picks into your team to change something up, it might be an option. I don't mind it. Fifty-one percent like for me.
1: Uh, yeah, dislike five hundred nine grand, which is the only appealing part of it. But I don't think he's going to be a consistent scorer for for that price and what we needed this time of year. So dislike. And still
0: side bottom to finish off, so uh, I just think the scoring's going to be too inconsistent there uh, for a side bottom, so a uh, straight dislike for me, would Collingwood got the buy next week as well
1: Yeah, dislike as well
0: Alrighty, Jep, final thoughts ahead of round 13
1: uh, Yeah, I believe that we can keep a trade or two in hand just in case um, we don't want to get caught out with laid outs, but you know make the upgrades now it's all about the round 12 players coming off their buy getting them into your team keep it simple um we've, we've given you some good targets to get and some good captain choices so you know play the odds and, and go well
0: uh yeah i pretty much along the same lines here yep so it might be worth holding a trade or two uh towards a late game so Pretty much, if we're thinking you know, we're going to Thursday to Monday situation here this week, so it's a longer, you know, six games, uh, Thursday to Monday. So, so you know, it could take a while for any type of news to come out. Especially like on Saturday, we could be getting news in about Collingwood and Melbourne on on late Saturday afternoon as well. I think by Sunday lunchtime we should have enough information if there's anything there thereabouts for the Melbourne Collingwood game. So I think just before the Giants and North Melbourne game, I think we should have a, a, enough information uh, there for that we can sort of, uh, you know, spend our trades into that Giants North Melbourne game, and that's pretty much where I think most uh, coaches would go, targeting Giants players this week. So I've got to imagine by the time that game kicks off, if there's anything floating about for the Monday game. Yeah, you know, in particular Gorn, you've got Cameron there as well. So you've got a couple of you know, Crispers in that game as well and uh, play some coaches have got Petrarca, Oliver there as well. So there's some you know, so the, there are some vital plays in that um, Collingwood and Melbourne game. So I, I suspect by the time that Giants and North Melbourne game kicks off That we should have any type of you know potential information there on Monday if there's anything there thereabouts uh, newsworthy uh, situation. So therefore, if we hit nothing, we can pretty much spend our trades on that North Melbourne and GWS game, and then should be right into that Monday situation. But yeah, potentially if you want to hold a trade into that game, um, not too sure who you're going to target. uh, Potentially a downgrade, or if you just want to you know, potentially look ahead to next week and just, you know, bring in a 190K play. If you just want to start to extract some more cash, that if your numbers are okay, that might be a situation where you can, you know, hold into that Monday game and, you know, you might even just zero down, well, 190K down to a different play and just some banks and money. So uh, a couple of different scenarios floating about bit for this week. But, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, holding on to some trades into the, the long weekend Uh, is probably a good situation to uh, sort of attack this week with. Well, Jeb, all the best for this week. Uh, Hopefully you go well, and hopefully all the listeners out there can start to crush out their scores throughout the remainder of the bye weeks. Jeb, all the best. Good luck. Thanks, guys.